Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast because I enjoy hearing your questions, your financial investment questions, anything financial. I like talking about that. Anything economics, if you want to talk about economics, I like that too. Those are the two areas I enjoy. So if you're interested in those and you want to talk about them, this is the show to listen to and call. I will give my, I've tried very careful to be straightforward and give you unbiased answers to any questions you might have. I don't have a hidden agenda. I don't have, you know, I'm not trying to push anything. I don't have anything to sell you. I really don't, except my services, but, you know, I, I try not to be pushy about that kind of stuff. And it'll be my goal to help you understand what's going on now. I mean, we had a pretty violent down day today. And I don't think it should be anything you should not expect. If you listen to the show any length of time, recent months, we've told you the market's going to be very volatile. It's going to be very tough for the market because the Fed's going to be raising rates. And, you know, they're, you know they're, the odds are that they're going to raise rates 50 or 75 basis points, either this meeting or this meeting and the next meeting. The odds are that that's what they're going to do. The recent speeches have been hinting at two, two and a half percent uh, Fed funds rates is what they're shooting for. And it's at 0.25 now, quarter of 1%. That's what they're hinting at. The stock market does not like that at all. And it showed you today how much it didn't like it. So I'm going to talk about that. You need to know how this all works. So, uh, give me a call. We'll talk about the market. We're talking about you. We're talking about your your retirement plans. Anything financial, as I said, we'll talk about. Now, you've got to put the odds in your favor, and hopefully, educating yourself and listening to these kinds of shows, our show in particular, will help you educate yourself because you're responsible for your money. I don't care if you give your money to somebody like me to manage it. You're still responsible. Not me. I'm responsible to manage to grow your money as best I can with the risks that you are comfortable with. But ultimately, it boils down to you because it is your retirement wealth we're talking about. So it's you. You need to learn. That's all. It's not. It's. I kind of like it. I know you. If you listen to the show, you probably like it too. 
Okay, on the, on the podcast, we always state our mission statement, independent thinking, shared success. And, of course, he tell you that with why we say that and how, what does that mean to you. It just means that we're going to give you accurate market reporting. We're going to explain uh, how we come up with things and how things work. Uh, and if we have stock commentary, we do it without any bias or any slant. We don't. We try to be as unfailingly un, uh, uh, unbiased and non-influenced by anything else other than what we think. Because you know, a lot of money managers, registered investment advisors, they buy information. They buy it. A lot of money managers don't manage money. They just gather money and give it to third parties to manage. You got to be understand how this works. How you need. You need to know. You really do. So I'm time to give me a call. We're live four to five Pacific time every Monday through Friday. So we're live right now. We're live stream. We stream the program live as well. So give us a call. 888-99 charters on number. 888-992-4278. Well, so let's get right to the first listener line question. Hi, Stephen Justin's Dave from Minneapolis. Just looking at Boston Beer Company uh, stock ticker Sam. Just wondering if I should invest now or do a fractional share, possibly. I'll listen to the show, and you guys have a great show. Thanks. Well, I wouldn't do it now. I I would not. Um, It's in a downtrend, pretty strong downtrend. And it it, it looks like it's trying to put in a bottom, but it hasn't done so yet. So I, I don't think it's time to invest yet. Okay, so this is Boston Beer Company, manufactures over 20 beers under the Samuel Adams brand name and over 10 flavored malt beverages. They're going to make huge money, $14.05 this year, then $17.89 per share next year. But sales in the last two quarters have dropped. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that. The stock has fallen from $1,200 all the way down to now $350.70. And what I fear is maybe you're looking at that $1,200 range that it got to, and you're looking, well, now it's only $350. It's, man, that's great. That's not how you should be looking at this. How do you look at this? You look at It had negative cash flow in 2021. It made no money in 2020. It lost $7.31. So um, I, I think, what is $17.89 worth? Well, it could be worth in this area. And it looks like it's trying to find support, but you need to wait till it happens before you buy it. Support means it stops going down and actually starts moving up. That tells you that it has found support. My focus point today is based on the story, playing it too safe with finances could make it harder to reach full potential. So what do 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 we mean by playing it too safe? And I think it's pretty easy to determine whether you're playing it too safe yourself, but it's you. you. You have to understand the rewards as well as the risks and not be so afraid of taking risks. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, that's what we'll discuss. Other things we want to talk about, how about uh, Elon's Musk bid? Did you see where the money's coming from? I think that was quite interesting. Just opposite what most things, most buyouts do. And Zillow says they know what the house prices are going to be in 2023. This is what they think. 
They say they know, but they don't really know. No one really knows. But this is what they think the houses are going to be in 2023. Prices. I'm talking about prices. And we'll discuss that. And should you position yourself for the Fed's crash in stocks? Should you do something about it? Should you prepare for a Federal Reserve-induced stock market crash? And what should you do about that? Should you make major changes in your portfolio. And we'll talk about that too. Those are things I want to discuss, but of course you come first. Whatever you want to discuss is what we're going to discuss, not what I want to discuss. The market today was down, Dow down 981, the NASDAQ 335 down, and the S&P down 122. Okay? That's what the market did today. So we had a bad day. A very bad day in the market. Well, I won't say very bad, but a pretty tough day. Pretty tough. And then we have had three or four down weeks in a row, and it looked like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were going to have an up week this week. But yesterday and today took that all away. No trivia, no trivia question today because I'm going to share some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter, and that will come up about the halfway point in the podcast. And I I told you what the market did. It just was not a good day. Not a good day yesterday and today. Why was that? We'll talk about it if you want. We have good news for InvestTalk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions. We do it at a fast pace on what we call Rapid Fire Hour. April's Rapid Fire Hour with 30 caller questions. It's available now free as a free download podcast. Please tell your friends in, about the Invest Talk Rapid Fire podcast. You can listen to it now. And now the Invest Talk phones are open. 888-99-CHART. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. No question is too simple. Wanted to ask about Teladoc. And each question is an important part of the podcast. My wife has a role over 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. Steve and Justin are fearless. That's fairly inexpensive for this kind of explosive growth. The problem here is that you're picking a leveraged ETF. Tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk. You've been instrumental in my understanding how this market works. Don't forget to call InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. market is constantly changing and you've got to be ready to react you'll have questions steve and justin have answers the invest talk anytime listener line never closes 888-99-CHART okay let's go to parent in the bay area how you doing Good, Steve. Thanks for asking, and thanks for the great show. I watch it. I listen to it almost um, almost every day, I should Thank say. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
So I had a quick question. I invest in dividend stocks regularly, like a long-term horizon, I know, like maybe a five years in the future. So uh-huh. I was looking at tick- ticker symbol uh, BLK, BlackRock Financial, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to start a position in that, again, for a long term. So if you can have a look and let me know what your thoughts are about it. BlackRock Inc. is a very solid company. It manages fixed income, cash, equity, alternative investments, uh, for institutional and individuals. They're very large, $100 billion size. So it's a very large company. They make a lot of money. Uh, they're going to make $30, $39.96 a share this year. That's the estimate. Next year is $44.93, and it's a $662 stock. So it's right around a 15, 16 PE, which is right about the midpoint for this company. Return equity is very healthy at 17%. They don't have a lot of debt. So there's the company is very strong, very strong. So the question is, it only pays a 2.9% dividend. So it doesn't pay a great dividend. Uh, and it looks like it's trying to find support right here at about 660. Uh, we'll see because it's at 662 now, almost 663. But it, but it fell to the bottom of its range today. And that usually is a negative thing. I'd be patient. I wouldn't buy it, pick it up yet. Number one, the dividend's not strong enough. Uh, but as the price comes down, you know, it looks better and better and better. But it's right in the middle range of its PE, too. So it's not like cheap. It's not. It's not expensive either. But uh, I think I'd be patient because the market is not acting very well. So that's what I would do. Let's fit in another call question here that came in. And remember, you can call and leave your questions all the time, anytime you want to, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 888-99-CHART. Hello, uh, this is Tori from Bozeman, Montana. I'm calling to ask about a refinance that I'm currently in the middle of. So I'm refinancing a rental property that I own. And I was wondering, because I do have a good bit of equity in that property, and I haven't quite been maximizing my, my Roth, contribution every year so would it be smart to take some of that equity out of my house and actually just put it into my Roth IRA where I feel like it can make better returns and possibly beat what my home might be able to bring in terms of equity in the future Uh, look forward to hearing your answer thanks so much bye well, it's a tough question to answer in a vacuum because I don't know all your financial situation. I only know what you're telling me on your property. Uh, for instance, um, how much equity are you talking about and how much money have the, has a property earned? What's been your, your ROE on that property, return on equity? On how much have you returned on it and would it be worth it to, to take a, more of a loan uh, I would like you to think about: Is it would it still be cash positive, cash flow positive? Because you know when you borrow more money, it costs more money, and does the renters the rent pay cover that cost? So there's all kinds of questions that I need to ask you. But I do like you know putting money away in your retirement. I'd rather you see it do it out of your earnings, though, not out of your equity. Changing one equity for another equity. Not, nece- not necessarily a good idea. Not. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't say in, in your situation whether that's true or not. I like paying down debt. Okay? That's what we will all like, not increasing debt. Uh, 
We're moving into a break, but I'm not going anywhere, that's for sure. My phone lines are open, and your financial investment questions are welcome. So why don't you call me, give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Steve Peasley is here now. Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, my focus point today is based on a story. Playing it too safe with finances could make it very hard to reach your full potential. Now, what does that mean? We all have a certain amount of risk we like taking or comfortable taking, but I have, I have run into this many times where people take virtually no risk because they're scared. And sometimes they're scared because they've tried it, tried investing once and lost their money. And now they're scared to ever approach the market again. It's not the, okay, we all need to put money aside for, you know, for any kind of unforeseen event. We, you know, that, that's money that we set aside. All other money should be invested in something. Should be. Most people have trouble doing that, but you can invest things less risky because you're you don't want to be risky, but you still need to invest. The the boats I mean the most durable investments have been in the stock market. Yes, it's volatile. Yes, it can be scary. But you need to understand how the market works. And the more you learn, the less scary it becomes. Because you know how it works. You, you know that, and I've been telling you, and Justin been telling you, when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it makes it very difficult for the stock market to go forward. Usually, we're on a path to a recession. At least that has been in the history of Federal Reserve raising rates. When they're lowering rates to make money very available, make it easy to get, that usually means boom time for economics and stock market. But even in the bad times, you still need to be invested in the market because you can't time it. I don't know. I don't know when the Fed's going to stop raising rates. They tell you certain things, but have you noticed they don't always tell the truth? Not because they're trying to lie. Sometimes they just don't know. Sometimes they are wrong. Matter of fact, I will submit they're wrong a lot. Do you remember a year ago when they said inflation is transitory? And now they're now talking about raising rates dramatically because inflation is here. So they were wrong. Yeah, so so I think you need to break out of your financial comfort zone. Get more, take a little risk. Just understand the risk that you're taking. If you can understand it, you know that the market's going to go down or your value portfolio goes down, but it will come back. It always has. Most of the time, people that are scared, they're scared out of the market right at the bottom. And then they think they need to get back in the market at the top. And they wonder why they lose money. And try to, maybe you should, maybe you should try to change your mindset. You know, um, how do people become rich? How do rich people act? You know, they, they act differently than nine to fivers that you're just working for a paycheck and you work paycheck to paycheck. You know, you need to view money differently. You don't want to view money as only as, oh, I get to pay my bills with it and I can 
buy clothes and have a nice place to live. You need to view view money as something that can work for you. Let the, You want the money to earn money. That's what you want. Let money earn money. Instead of you working for it, let it work for you. You can do that. That's changing your mindset, your mind. You want to be, you know, you want to be on the, the set of how can I grow this money so it can now compound itself and I don't have to do anything. Just watch it grow. That's what you want. And, you know, first, one of the things you need to set goals You need to set goals, and one of those goals is determine what your personal financial freedom number is. How much money do you need to feel secure and comfortable? You need to do that. On Fridays, I generally take time to fit in a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers, so let's do that. The two-year treasury yield is 2.72. Five weeks ago, it was 1.9. Uh, so 17 weeks ago, it was 0.64. You can see how dramatic it's gone up from 0.64% 17 weeks ago, or about four months, to 2.72. Pretty amazing, huh? Now, 10-year is at 2.91. So that means what? You know, how many basis points spread do we have? You know, so it's in a proper spread. The 10-year is earning more than a two-year. The Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates at the beginning of next month, beginning of May, beginning of May, and we'll see what it does to that spread, if it does anything. It will change. Of course, it's going to change. Okay, so gold, 1932 an ounce. Two weeks ago, it was 1944. Not, not doing much then. 11 weeks ago, it was 1806. Silver, 2422. Eight weeks ago, it was twenty three ninety four. Not much change, really. Oil was selling for one hundred two dollars a barrel. Two weeks ago, ninety seven. Four weeks ago, one hundred thirteen. Four weeks ago, one hundred four. Six weeks ago, ninety. Nineteen weeks ago, sixty six dollars a barrel. Now it's one hundred and two. Anyways, and in in California, gasoline or regular gasoline nationwide four twelve. California five sixty eight. Per gallon. Well, the Friday podcast uh, and radio show is moving pretty fast, so I will share the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter in just a few minutes. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive 
at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, this is Todd from Birmingham. Wanted to tell y'all again, thank y'all for what y'all do. You've helped me learn a tremendous amount over the last couple of years as I've tried to learn how to invest. My question today is on Anthem, A-N-T-M. It's Growth has seemed to uh, just continue upward, and I was wanting to find out if you felt like this was a good stock. And also, when things are growing at such a rapid pace, how can you tell if you're buying at the very top or if you think that there's still more room to run even after it's reached its all-time high? Thank you. Anthem, uh, it is provides managed healthcare services throughout uh, through PPO, HMO, and indemnity and other hybrid plans for you know, it's all about healthcare. Um, the good question, the really good question you had: How do you know if it's near its top? No one really knows, no one. But you can make assumptions and 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 intelligent guesstimates based on history of this particular company, this particular sector, uh, and how its growth is happening now. What And the growth rate for now is about 15% sales growth, 10%, 11% in earnings per share. So it would earn a higher than normal PE. Now, also, you can look at the history of its PE range, and for them, it's 8 to 21, and the current PE is at 19. Now it's gonna it's gonna go up ten percent next year, all right. Uh, so I would tell you, and it pays a one percent dividend, which is not a lot for a hundred twenty one billion dollar company. 
The stock price has moved up steadily for some time. This is a very good company. Return on equity is 19%. Cash flow is $30 a share. A very well-run company. But I think it's had a very long run up in price, and I think it's topping. I think that it should roll over and give some of this back. And if I wanted to buy this company, I would wait for that to happen. And I might be wrong. It might continue to go up. But the decision, the decision to wait and be patient because it's at the high range of its P.E. ratio uh, that we are, you know, we are in a cycle where economic cycle where the Fed is going to be slowing the economy down. So you don't want to buy these high priced uh, stocks that have done nothing but go up in recent weeks and months. You want to take you know, those are those are ones you really should take some profits off the table. Okay, or if you're a long-term holder, you just keep holding them. It's that simple. I like it, but I wouldn't buy it. Not this time. The KPP KPP Premium lose. Try to say that three times real fast. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, as it always is every Friday morning, and will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Okay. In the first section, the marketing conditions section, I explained that corporate earnings for the last quarter came in hot and heavy this week. So far, they appear to be fairly strong, and the outlook from the various CEOs suggests more strength in the coming quarters. The airlines provided especially good news as they reported a return to profitability. You know how how bad they suffered, right? I mean, lost billions upon billions of dollars, the airline industry. Tesla surprised everybody with a lot better earnings than everybody expected because their factory in China shut down because of COVID for a number of weeks. Didn't seem to affect their earnings. They still did very well. So the, the earnings news was pretty strong this week. And at the beginning of the week kind of reflected that the stock market was doing okay, but not yesterday and today. On the economic front, existing home sales fell about 2% from 5.93 million to 5.77 million. The new home starts report came in at 1.79 million, the same as the previous month. And the all important permits number, construction permits, much more important gauge. It was strong at 1.87 million, which was the same as it was the month before. Now, they expected to have the permits drop a little bit, but they did not. Now, permits doesn't mean necessarily that they are going to build those houses, but it's a pretty darn indicator that the future, remember, it takes a while to build a house. You have the permits in your hand, it takes you some time to build those houses. So that's really a, a good leading economic indicator that you want to pay attention to. Now, I do think prices are topping. I mean, with the 30-year mortgage over 5%, I mentioned that, housing Remains pretty strong, but uh, something's going to break at some point. Okay, um, the Fed's going to be pushing rates up. We all know that. Where they're going to go, we all know they'd say, this is what they're saying, they'll go to 2 2.5% on the Fed fund rate. Now, remember, they, it, they increased the Fed's fund rate from 0 to 0.25, quarter percent, and the more 30-year fixed mortgage went from 3 to 5%. So that's the effect that that Fed's fund rate. 
Ten-year, you know, they say that the Fed fund rate, uh, the mortgage rate kind of tracks the ten-year uh, treasury, which it does. But the ten-year treasury is influenced by the Fed fund rate too. All more, all rates are influenced by the Fed. What it does with the Fed funds rate. Uh, let's see, what else was in that newsletter? Uh, the consumer remains strong, I said, as long as they're earning. Their quit rate is pretty high, and they're not afraid to quit because they think they can get jobs. And the, uh, I mentioned the unemployment claims are pretty darn low. So on an economic basis, and we had the leading economic indicator reported, looks like we're going to have a pretty decent economy going forward for the next three months or so. And that's about as far as you ever any, anybody can. It, you know, it's almost impossible to read any further ahead than that. And even that's not necessarily so. But I think that's fairly, fairly steady. Portfolio management section of the newsletter. Our, on our weekday Investop podcast, many people call in asking about a certain stock that makes it up a large portion of their wealth. This is frightening. No one should have any single company compromising more than about 5% of their invested portfolio. I mean, yeah, it can go up to 10 because you own it and it rose, but you don't buy more than 10, more than 5. And if it goes up to 10, you start to take some off the table. You don't want one stock to, to completely control your portfolio. Okay? So you got to think about that. How to manage a portfolio of stocks, not just a stock. Don't just think about, well, I'm going to buy this stock, and this stock is going to make me rich. That's wrong thinking. Could it happen? Yes, but that's not how you should be thinking about it. You should be managing a portfolio of stocks, and if you can't do that, you let somebody else manage it for you. Buy a mutual fund. Hire a manager. Because the portfolio stock needs to match the risk tolerances of how much risk you want to take and how much reward and risk you want to, to participate in to grow that money. The more risk you take, the more chances you're taking of money going down. It's okay if money value goes down. It's okay because it will come back unless you pick some really bad companies and you can do that. It's very possible. So I gave you a couple stock ideas as well. You know, I do that every week. Uh, and my first one was an ETF. Uh, let's see, 80% of his total assets in common stock depository seats uh, in companies in the gold mining industry. So that's the first ETF in there. And I look at another, um, you know, like how about an index that it measured broad-based equity market performance of global companies involved in uranium industry. Another ETF. You know, it pays a 5.23% 5, 5 dividend, that uranium ETF. Of course, I name names in the newsletter. I can't do it on the air. I'm not supposed to. There's a good deal of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter, everybody. I try to give it to you. When you subscribe, you'll get it every week. You can subscribe by going to investtalk.com, investtalk.com, two T's. And, you know, you'll get the newsletter every Saturday morning in your inbox. Again, subscribe at investtalk.com. Let's go to Dave in Minnesota. I want to talk about PayPal, which I am very, very familiar with. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm looking at PayPal, trying to add it to my portfolio. I recently put like 15% of my portfolio into, into cash waiting for the summer, but mm -hmm. this thing has dropped a lot, and it looks like it's below the 
the COVID low. Do I do I get in now? Do I wait until the summer? What are your thoughts? And what's I the wouldn't, good buying price? I wouldn't price? buy it now. Now, having said that, I bought it at a at hundred dollars because it looked like to me it was going to hold a hundred dollars, or at least it had a good chance of holding a hundred dollars, and it didn't. Today it's at eighty six. I think now, now I'm going to buy more myself, but I'm going to wait. I want to see it find a bottom somewhere, and it's not done that yet. I think PayPal, everybody, if you don't know who they are, provides digital mobile payments on behalf of consumers, merchants worldwide. They they, they own Venmo. Um, and they're going to make $4.63 this year, $5.75 next year. It's an $86 stock. So you're looking at a, what, 18 PE, 17, 18? And their five-year range is 19 to 70. So they're at they're they're pushing their five year range downward. Turn on equity is twenty six percent. Very low debt. Growth rate in sales is thirteen percent, thirteen to thirty percent in the last four quarters. So I think it's a great stock, Dave. I think the company is being well run, and I think the problems they're having are short term in nature, and more related to the whole industry and not necessarily to them per se. So I think it's a good time to think about buying it, but I think I'd wait if if it, it didn't hold that first le- level. I think it's got to it's got to hold some level, and I think it's getting pretty darn close. But I'd be patient. Be patient. That's PayPal. P Y P L is a symbol, everybody. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. Really do think. Thank you for that. Uh, Elon Musk bid for Twitter, right? We all know that. Two-thirds of the money is coming from his personal wealth, and a third is coming from banks. And he's borrowing $12.5 billion on margin from his account. Margin. That's pretty risky. Now, just so you know, usually it's flipped. Usually it's two-thirds are coming from banks and a third coming from Elon Musk. That would be a normal relationship, but in this case, I don't think the banks wanted to give him uh, loan the money out. So he's putting out a huge amount of money for the offer to buy Twitter. Hmm. So I thought that was a very interesting thing he was doing. Also, should you position yourself for the Fed's crash in stocks? And I would say you should have done that already. But the answer is yes. When I say position ourselves, that doesn't mean getting out of stocks. doesn't mean that at all. It means preparing for the downturn. Yeah, it may be your portfolio will fall. That's, that's okay. They always go up and down. They just generally go up more than they go down. But what that means to me, when you prepare for a, a crash, if you think it – now, remember, you're guessing. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows the market's going to crash. But it's the odds are with you when the Fed is so strident about raising rates and crushing and wanting to crush the inflation. Okay, so the odds are that they may very well produce a recession. So what should you do? Well, you know we've already talked about buying those things that seem to work in an inflationary environment, and they have worked very well. We were talking about commodities, and some of the commodities you might want to take some profits on. You know they've done so well. But also produce a little bit of cash so you can have uh, some money to to invest in that next opportunity that comes. Uh, 
when the market falls. But you and I and no one knows when it's going to fall and how much it's going to fall. So you don't know when to get back in. So you do not want to get out of the market and say, well, I'm just going to avoid the whole thing. If you do do that, then you should plan to never get back in the market because you can't time it. Just buy CDs or whatever. Don't buy stocks if this is how you're going to try to manage your money because you're going to guess wrong when, when the bottom's there. So don't do that. It's not worth it. Okay, can we grab another voice bank question? Did I go too long? 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is a great from Washington. I got a question regarding uh, Sempra Energy. Take a simple single SRE. I bought this on a little while ago. I'd just like to see what you guys think about it. And uh, I'll look forward to the answer on your next podcast. Thank you. Okay, this is a, uh, a holding company providing natural gas and electric utility services to 1.5 million people. Uh, it's out of uh, San Diego, California. Okay. Uh, it's going to make $8.94 next year. It's going to make eight fifty this year. It made eight forty three last year. year before, $1.61 per share. All per shares, okay? It's $168 stock. $8.94. So it tells you what? Does it tell you what the P.E. ratio is? 15, 16, okay, and that's fairly low, but I wish they paid more dividend, 2.7%. It's a good, solid utility, and the dividend is probably very secure and has great cash flow of 14.38. So if you're buying it, you know, it's had a big run up. You might be a little late, might want to wait for a pullback, okay? Edgar from San Diego, hang on. You'll be next. We will be, you know, we'll get you up. We will. So just hold on, please. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. Whatever that means to you, you have to decide. And our work will continue right after this break. 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Yeah, I own GDX, um, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 888 chart. Let's talk to Edgar in San Diego. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, this is in my uh, retirement account. I ho- I've been holding uh, Fidelity Select Semiconductor for many years, and I'm still up, but it, it, it's down about 22% this year so far. I was thinking to sell some of it and buy that uh, FSUTX, Utility uh, Mutual Fund. Okay. So have you, did you notice that you're, you're talking about selling it now because you're down? Did you have the same, same thought selling it when it was high? This is what you have to learn to do. Take some profits off the table when something is really high and you're happy with it. Selling it down when it's low or it's fallen is usually the wrong thing to do. 
Now, this is Fidelity Select Utilities uh, uh, Mutual Fund, and it's a five-star fund by Morningstar, meaning it's a very well-run fund, meaning, meaning in its peer group, it, it does very well against its peer group. Last year, it was at the top 25 percentile, and in the last five years, it's been up to the top 25 percentile three of the last five years. It's a very good fund. So, I wouldn't get rid of it. You probably bought it for the dividend. Was that would that be a correct statement? Yes. No, I'm not going to get rid of these. I'm. I was. I was going to sell some of my select semiconductor. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm not keen on the semiconductor sector. I I would have probably told you to get out of that a year or so ago, or at least cut it. Uh, and move into something more more commodity related, like this one, utilities. Um, I like the utilities area because of the stability of the dividends, and it's done very very well um, over time. It's done very very well. So um, I'm I would probably take some. I don't know if I get out completely out of the tech sectors because there's several tech stocks I like, but they're big. Big guys. I mean, we're talking the biggest guys. Uh, the rest, I don't care for. We don't even own any of the medium size or small. We don't. We only own like two or three big ones. That's it. And all our managed accounts. So, yeah, I, I would probably wouldn't hesitate to take a little out off the tech. Let's go to Rick in Commerce in California. Hi, Rick. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, so, just had a question regarding uh, the with the airlines picking up, and I wanted to know what you thought of uh, Mesa uh, and just in general the airlines. Okay. And also, if this would be a good time to buy in. Okay, I am not. Uh, if you've listened to the show a very long time, there's certain certain sectors I don't like. Airlines is one of them. Uh, automobile manufacturers is another. And I have my own personal reasons for that. Uh, but Mesa Air Group, M-E-S-A is the symbol, holding company for regional airlines serving 129 cities in 39 states, District of Columbia, Bahamas, and Mexico. They are making a comeback. They're not going to make any money this year. They're going to lose 73 cents a share this year. But next year, they'll make 63 cents. And it's a $3.94 stock. This stock has a lot of support at around $3. I might, Rick, if you really wanted to get into it, I might wait to see if it would come down to the low $3 area, not the high $3 area that it is now. I think it would come down more. I do. I think in the summertime, a lot of stocks are going to come down because the whole market's probably going to give give up more, more ground. So I, I'd be patient, Okay. I think I would. But it does have good fundamentals coming around, finally. You know, all the airlines are starting to pick up. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for your listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us if you do download at iTunes. We would appreciate a positive rating, but you, you know, it's up to you. But we would like a rating. We would. And, of course, you know, a good rating always helps us uh, spread the word, increases, raises our profile. 
Independent thing and share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.